Howdy and welcome to the 10-week Bible study. This is week two, day one of our study of Esther. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and today we're talking about Esther 2, 1 through 4. Welcome back to the 10-Week Bible Study. Again, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs. And before we get started, I want to encourage you to check out all the resources we have over at 10weekbible.com. We need to know the Bible now more than ever. So it may be your time to start leading a Bible study group in your church or small group in your home. With that, let's go ahead and pray before we start today. Lord, would you open our eyes and our ears to hear what your word has to say to us, God. Speak to us and fill our hearts with the knowledge of you. We want to encounter you through your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With that, let's jump into God's Word. we be reading today from the NIV. This is Esther 2, starting in verse 1. Later, when King Xerxes' fury had subsided, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what she had decreed and what he had decreed about her. <clears throat> so immediately, right, the king has some remorse. He's deposed Vashti. He's put her away. He's made this decree. And, and this gets into the interesting thing about the laws of the Medes and the Persians, which they're going to bring up many times. We've seen this in other books like Daniel, Ezra, and Nehemiah. These guys took their laws very, very seriously. When they passed a law, when they passed a decree, it can't be undone. Not even by a king, no matter how powerful that king is, they won't do it. We're going to see just how serious they are about that later in the book. And, and so... <clears throat> When Xerxes or Ahasuerus sobers up, he has remorse about what he's done, right? <clears throat> he he remembers what she did. He's not happy about it. He remembers what he decreed, but obviously we're given the implication here that he's he's got remorse once he's sober, once he's not angry. And he's kind of sad that he did it, but his people are there to rescue him <clears throat> yet again. Verse 2. Then the king's personal attendants proposed, let a search be made for a beautiful young virgins for the king. Let the king appoint commissioners in every province of his realm to bring all these beautiful women into the harem at the citadel of Susa. Let them be placed under the care of Hegai, the king's eunuch, who is in charge of the women, and let beauty treatments be given to them. Then let the young woman who pleases the king <clears throat> be queen instead of Vashti. This advice appealed to the king, and he followed it. Really, it appealed to the king. This is <clears throat> this chapter is going to be just as gross as you think it is. Maybe you've never thought about this before. Maybe you've read this book, and this hasn't occurred to you. Maybe you've read this book, <clears throat> and it's been taught about how awesome this was that Esther and all these young women got these beauty treatments. But understand the king is going to assess all of these very young girls, right? The king is, uh, who knows? We don't know exactly how old he is, but he's got to be in his 20s, 30s, maybe even 40s at this point. <clears throat> Again, this is pretty early in his reign, but more than likely by the time he becomes king, he's already got a few years on him. And so this is an older guy, being brought young girls. And so that's just as awful and creepy as it sounds, right? <clears throat> now, in the cultural context here, the, this is just how things go, right? This is what the kings do. This is what kings did. 
lots of kings back in these days had large harems. It wasn't unusual. It wasn't unusual for people, even wealthy people, to have harems. You didn't have to be a king. But kings did, <clears throat> right? Kings, kings had these harems. Some of them were wives. Some of them were concubines. Basically, the difference, and, and depending on who you read, you can get some different answers, but basically the difference between a wife and a concubine in these harems, this time was a wife, was a more political union. In this case, we know that Esther is going to be queen. This is a political move. We need to replace Queen Vashti. We need a new queen over the land, and so we're just going to pick one of these as the queen, whichever one the king basically finds the prettiest. That's what it's going to come down to, essentially. Whoever the king thinks is the prettiest, that's who he's going to name this this new political figurehead. Right, The queen is going to have <clears throat> some level of authority in this kingdom. It's not really clear what exactly, but she's, if nothing else, at least a figurehead within the kingdom. So it is a political thing, but most often, especially for Kings, wives were political marriages. You know, you marry some other King's daughter or sister or whatever. And it, you know, makes basically a treaty between the two nations and a concubine was someone that a King would marry. That's not political. Someone that he just liked or whatever. So again, I, I, have already alluded to this and we're going to talk about this throughout this book, but I kind of think of the book of Esther uh, and it's very often taught. I think this is a bit of a misunderstanding. It's very often taught as, isn't it awesome what Esther became? She became queen and all of this. And we're going to see as we go through the book, I don't know that any young girl as much as maybe the, the, just the, lavish life that she got to live and and everything about this. I mean, it was probably very comfortable existence for Esther, but I don't know that any young girl throughout the history of humanity has ever longed for this life that Esther is going to have. Now, if we look at it through our lens, <clears throat> what is going to happen to Esther in this chapter is terrible. I mean, it is, we would call it child abuse. We would call, we would throw the king in prison and lock the door and throw away the key. If this was in our day, in Esther's day, this is normal. It really is. This is very normal. And whereas Esther could have married someone else for love in, in her context, she could have married another Jew that she fell in love with and maybe had a good life. We don't know. Sometimes, you know, very often marriages could be arranged even for Esther in those lowly situations that she might've been in. And, and very often marriages and, and the way these things worked out, it, it wasn't great for a large number of people. So it's not like we can look at this and say, oh, this is not any good man, Esther would have had a much better life if she gotten to choose who she was getting married to, or if she had married another Jew or something like that. That wasn't always great either. The, the way that those things worked back then, life was really hard. Life was really hard for a majority of people. Most of the time, 
for most of human history, even today, life is, is really hard. And when I say really hard, I'm not talking about American really hard. I mean, really, really hard, like struggling to put food on the table, you know, just so many different things. And and we're talking about really struggling to put food on the table, not struggling to eat well or struggling to eat how you want. We're talking about working so hard and still not being able to afford literal food on your table and going hungry. That's what most people throughout human history have struggled with. And so life was really hard. Life was really, really hard. Most people in the West, if you've traveled outside of the West, if you travel to developing nations, if you travel to some of the most remote, remote corners of the earth, there are still places where you can go and you can see what life has been like for most people throughout human history. And, and when we think hard, it's not the same hard that other people throughout human history have faced. And that doesn't mean that emotionally, whatever you're facing, whatever trouble you're going through, that's the hardest thing you've gone through. And that's as real as it gets. <clears throat> but it gets worse. It can get more difficult. And for those of us in the developed world, for those of us in the West, for those of us in English speaking nations, we're a privileged people. The way that we get to live, even when it's hard for us now, we live privileged, privileged lives. And that was not true for the people in Esther's day. So in one sense, when we look at it from her context, this is a way that she and all the rest of these young women, they're going to be very well cared for, very well taken care of, very well provided for, for the rest of their lives. So this is in that way, not a bad life. If we look at it through our lens, eh, it's not so great. Not so great. I mean, this is kind of a, a lousy, a lousy setup because they're going to go basically steal some girls, bring them into the harem, and whichever one this kind of creepy king is most attracted to, that's who he's going to choose as queen. And so when I see this, I see, ah, this is really creepy. And again, I think even back then, this is, it's, it's the same thing at play, right? Well, we would say this is a creepy dude nowadays. There's nothing different. There's no difference, right? This dude is, is the same guy that would be now. It's just that he has the power, the authority, and this is the way it works for him. He gets to do this. <clears throat> I think it's no less creepy. It's just several thousand years ago and he's the guy in charge. There's, um, movie by, uh, you know, what's his name? Uh, Mel Brooks, history of the world. There's the scene where he's basically doing the same exact thing. He's like the King of France and he's having women brought to him and he makes the, he looks at the camera and says, it's good to be the King, right? That's, that's basically how this worked through most of human history is for these guys. This is, this is how life went. And, uh, the idea pleased the king, and so that's what they're going to do. They're going to go round up beautiful young ladies. Maybe some of them come willingly. Maybe some of their parents give them up willingly, but in the end, it doesn't really matter. The king gets to take whoever he wants, and they just have to be happy with it. <clears throat> I look at this as the victory of Mordecai and the tragedy of Esther. Esther has lived a hard life up to this point, as we're going to see in the rest of this chapter. I don't think this is necessarily this, this wonderful book about Esther. I think Esther ends up with a very hard, hard, a very 
tough life, but she ends up in a, in a comfortable life. But I don't know that any girl throughout human history would have chosen this for themselves if they had, if they had the choice. And again, we'll get into why her being queen isn't just as awesome as maybe it sounds at face value as we get further along. For the 10-Week Bible Study, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. Hey, thanks for tuning into the 10-Week Bible Study podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving a review for it on your podcast app of choice? It really helps other people find out about this podcast, and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's Word. Thank you.